You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Uh, is this... Is this on... Hey, this is Benny Goodman from my bunker with my uh, internet connection out to my buddy, Corey, and uh, my friend, Siobhan Cronin. How are you guys doing? Good. How's it going? Well, it's, it, it's, we're finally here. We're here to one of like, legitimately my favorite stories that's happened this, through this pandemic. I mean, it, it's, it's post, but like, Corey. Yeah, yeah we, we recorded this episode back in June, but uh, this, uh, this one with Richard Shaw of Cradle of Filth fame uh, was one of our favorite episodes we've done so far. It happens got- in the Holy Land, in, yeah. in <laughs> Yerushalayim, Shel Zahav, as they say in Hebrew, which means the, the city of gold. Like there's going to be someone like, that is not right, Mr. Goodman. Yeah, but this was a great episode because it was our second one with Richard and he kind of opened up a little bit more. So we really got some of the insider scoop and some great hilarious stories from well, him. Let's just be real. Anything with an accent, especially when it's a yeah. British accent, just sounds right. so much more intelligent than anything that we're saying. Absolutely. <laughs> and for anyone wondering, when we were talking about, well, you'll hear in the episode, we're talking about a rock club in Boston that I played at with uh, my band Starset, and we finally discovered the name. It was the Paradise Rock Club, so that doesn't drive anyone nuts. Yeah, about 20 <laughs> minutes in, we'll, we'll, there's a discussion, and, and you're going to get very frustrated at us for not being able to think. <laughs> So yeah, now you know. For anyone wondering, the paradise. The, it's the, the paradise. The, the, the paradise, paradise. Okay. Rock, yes. rock, rock club. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, hope you guys enjoy this. And uh, if you want to, why do you filth. always ask them or tell them to enjoy it? Let them just listen to it. And if they're disturbed by it, great. That's true. But if you we don't try enjoy to be it, positive on this show, though, remember. And if you don't enjoy it, go to cradleoffilth.com or check out October thirtieth. Uh, they're doing a live stream concert. Uh, you don't want to miss that. And uh, and also, Richard is still yeah. offering lessons. So for right. anyone, you can always check out his Instagram. If I think you want to learn guitarist. the Dorian mode, <laughs> Richard Shaw. Yeah. Yes. So check it out. You should. Hey, it's Benny Goodman. Thank you for joining another episode of 2020 brought to you by our sponsor, Lost Symphony. Go to lostsymphony.com. We have Corey Pazin over there with his Harpoon IPA. He's wearing that because Harpoon, we want you to sponsor us. Yes. We're awesome. Corey personally keeps you in business. Siobhan Cronin, that is Scottish. Everyone in Scotland, send her cool shit. And by cool shit, I mean like literally shit. That'd be awesome. I can't wait till you get shit in the mail. They're it's, all in the pub right now. They're not boring. listening. And, <laughs> and, and, and I, we are so lucky. Let's take a moment here. We are lucky because we actually have someone besides Siobhan, obviously, that's of some reason to turn your dial and take the time because you could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We have Richard Shaw, the amazing Richard Shaw, the cradle of filth guitar playing Richard Shaw, the... Uh, industrious, the intelligent, the intellectual Richard Shaw, the teacher 
which by the way, you can find him online. You can get classes from him. So before I talk about anything, we were talking the other day, Richard, about Leonard Bernstein having an eight hour, like I, I don't know if it was a Harvard speech or something um, online. Yeah, Harvard talk, lecture. Lecture. Mm. Do you watch those things and what's your opinion on Leonard Bernstein? Leonard wow, Bernstein way to start it off was, happy. <laughs> yeah, Leonard Bernstein was like, when I was like 18, he was my hero. I, I, that's when I discovered West Side Story and that was it, game over. And it was- What I, side I, were you on? Um, that's a very good point. I'm just trying to determine what- I, I was a jet. I, I, I was a jet. Why? As Why? In, Why in, were you a jet? Why were you a because jet? Of, because of Benny and the Jets. <laughs> and, and, and I want to be one of your I Jets, I thought you meant, I'm so glad you said it out loud <laughs> yeah. and I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> so we've, already we've got Leonard Bernstein and Elton John and Benny Goodman mixed together. Uh, yeah, we should just stop now, I think. The musical trinity. You guys need to sing, 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 and I'll just be the king. <laughs> oh, yes, man. my liege. Yeah. <laughs> so hold on, we gotta start this off because so Corey and I were talking about this since we, again we don't really matter much and in real life well we matter on this show because we can talk over you but in real life <laughs> people actually care about Siobhan and people really care about Richard and they really play to people that really care about them everywhere in the world which is weird to me because nobody cares about me here nevertheless there <laughs> um, like nobody even wants to be here when they are here nevertheless there so like but they always want to be with you so can I'm gonna I'll throw this out to you um, in the last six months, what is, and I'll leave it ambiguous, open-ended, the strangest, most interesting thing you internalized anywhere in the world whilst on tour? Richard, we'll throw it to you since you're our guest first. <laughs> the strangest thing I've internalized while on tour? In the last six, question. maybe the last, the last three months, everyone's been inside. <laughs> yeah. Right, oh, yeah. Six <laughs> months. Not much to choose from. I, 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 I was going to say, I, I was just really worried about the phrasing. What have I internalized on right. tour? Like, what, 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 what have I had forced leading, me leading. on tour? Leading. <laughs> like, I was leading. I know it's, it's code of a road, man. You don't tell. Dave's like, you're still in the band. Um, yeah, yeah. It was my initiation. Um, no, um... Yeah, it is that whole thing. What goes on tour goes on social media, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, um, I, I, I can't think of anything. It's not, as weird as it is, Cradle isn't that crazy on the road. I think it's just the fact we get to go to pretty much every country in the world. Well, I mean, like, what, what did you see? incredibly lucky country. I mean, but like, I mean, like, what like, did you see? And, and it's weird uh, in another country. I don't mean, like, fans getting tied up backstage, like Mayor Manson, <laughs> Trent Reznor, those fucking liars that just have people write books about them, like Motley Crue, like they really did any of that shit. Fuck you. You were just drunk and passed <laughs> out, and someone wrote about it. Now, I'm talking about, like, you went to Belgium, and you saw some one fucking jump off a building you know like in Bruges or something you know what I mean like Ooh. go thing is my memory is so bad I'm sure <laughs> I'm the there's same. loads of stuff like that I was just I, saying this the other day like I expel still like someone will ask like what did you do yesterday and I'm like I don't know it's not in my brain anymore <laughs> yeah weird enough we have had moments like that you mentioned in, in Belgium about someone like jumping off a bridge or something that happened I think when we we're in Perth 
there was like really? crazy oh. moments like that where we're like we get to the hotel and we're like what's all that commotion outside and there's someone on top of a hotel <laughs> wanting to kill themselves and all the police outside and we were like going really like we, we've just come off like a 17 hour flight can you keep it down? Like, <laughs> like, and, and, and it sounds horrible to say out loud, yeah. but that's well, what you're truly feeling. Did yeah. he die? He did survive. He came down. Uh, steering away from uh, the, the suicidal tour stories. Um, yes. Perhaps yeah. maybe more general, like you, you both, Siobhan and Richard, have been around the world. What's, like, what's the most unique uh, destination that you guys have stumbled upon that were maybe – you were like, what's culture shock wise? Was there any point where you were, guys were like, oh, we're not in Kansas anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, for me, not to jump in first, but uh, so we went to Russia recently and we had been to Russia, like Moscow, St. Petersburg before, which I think I was relatively prepared for because it's like relatively European style, like big cities. But we started out our Russia tour on the far east side, like almost directly next to China. And the funny story that comes to mind, I mean, a little bit of culture shock, mostly just in the sense that, you know, it, it just, everything looked like it was from 30 years ago almost. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. so it was like, you, you notice such a difference between, let's say, Western Russia, and then, of course, there's all of Siberia, and then you get to Eastern Russia, and it's just like, you're like, wh where exactly am I? And it was just it's such kind a of strange like the difference between, like, West Palm and Palm Beach. I, I mean, I, yeah, I guess so, to, to, to put a really bad analogy, but, 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 you know. If you want to make a terrible analogy, that's great, right, Ben. Right, right, yeah. exactly. If, if but, you want to sum up Russia, go to West Palm and Palm Beach. Yeah. No, but of course it was I an Epstein joke. It was an Epstein joke. I, I know, I caught that, because I've been, I've been watching that, too, so I totally caught that. But, well, what you know, what's scumbag. interesting. What a totally, scumbag. Totally. No, but to put that, Now that he's dead, good, good. All right, so staying on track here. So, you know, of course, one of the things as an American, you know, Russia, like, seems like the Wild West in a lot of ways. You're like, oh, my gosh, like, we don't really know what goes on in Russia. Like, culturally, just a lot of differences. But, you know, of course, the one thing you're afraid of is getting in any sort of trouble, right? Because I've heard horror stories, you know, of different things that have happened. So, Richard, I don't know if you've had this experience, but, like, every time you go to Russia, you go through and you get this little immigration card that's literally, like, a written-out piece of paper. You don't get any sort of mm -hmm. electronic document. It's, like, literally this little square of paper that you're supposed to hold on to for the entire time through every travel that's sticking in your passport. So, I never lose anything. Like, people that know me know this. And I, we showed up in this city, Khabarovsk, which is way on the east side of Russia. And, you know, checked into the flight before. We were flying every day because every place is so far away got there, got in to check into the hotel and the promoters and the people that were helping are like, oh, where's your immigration card? I said, oh, it's in my passport. And they said, no, it's not in your passport. And I don't remember it dropping out anywhere. Oh, anyway, no. okay, we had flown at like oh. five o'clock in the morning from wherever the fuck we were the day before to this place far away. And we have to be at the venue in like three hours. And I'm like, thank Corey God, I, like, I'm gonna like get into my hotel room. I'm problems. gonna, <laughs> no, but I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm I thinking, I'm like, I all don't. right. I'm going to go, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to take a shower. This is going to be great. I'm so happy. I have like two hours to sleep because we slept like three hours the night before. And the second I was about to get in the shower, they call from the front desk. They're like, uh, you know, we're sorry, but you have to go to the police station. <laughs> so lit Ooh. I was literally taken in some wow. guy, mafioso looking guy, like black suit with a cigarette, doesn't speak any English, comes with our promoter in some old beat up car and was like, get in the car. We're going like in Russian. I have no idea what they're saying. And I'm taken to like, 
five different police stations and they're trying to explain like this girl is here with American rock band. <laughs> and <laughs> and they're saying, well, we, we're, we're entitled to have three days to create this immigration card. Like normally you have to wait. And he's like, I'm really sorry, but we have to ask for special favor because she has to be leaving tomorrow. And you know, the, the promoter basically had to like, you know, offer up all sorts of things to the police officer to be like, can you please help us out here? And luckily they, you know, were favorable towards me and were nice. Yeah. But when luckily I was they in that accepted bribes. <laughs> um, but when I was in that police station, I was just, you know, and, and it was weird without sounding judgmental or condescending at all. But you know, you, you think of going into a police station in the US and it's, you know, clean and whatever. But I mean, this police station, it was like almost gravel on the floor. Oh my you know, and you go in and he had the, the promoter had to write out, like there wasn't even a computer, like there was literally a little turnstile of laminated templates and he had to write by hand, like his reasons for why I had to have this immigration card redone, I had to go in, they said, no, this isn't right, you have to go back and rewrite it. And it was, it was so weird to me because I was like, I feel like I'm in 1970 right now, you know, and it was, it was both fascinating and just strange to me at the same time, because I'm like, I, I, it made me feel really happy about the fact that we went there because he later told me that people that live in these cities, they get maybe two or three acts a year that will come oh, in geez. and people are so wild mm -hmm. about wanting to see music because a lot of people just won't justify the travel, you know, American bands or, you know, I, I don't know about British European bands, but I mean, it's, Wait, is it's Dustin, a lot. Is, is Dustin just a sadomasochist? <laughs> That's I the mean, lead singer I, of her band. So I don't you know, know that so it's you know exclusively up to him. I mean, you know. <laughs> is it? You can't no, say he doesn't want to go to like Krakistan or wherever the fuck it is. I mean, I think the, the thing I do love about Star Set is that everybody I think is very adventurous and we all do really authentically, even just from a cultural point of view, want to go to these places. I mean, music that Adam guy's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> fucking crazy, dude. I can't party with him. I, I, so, I, just, I can't keep it up. So, so Richard, have you ever been incarcerated in another country? <laughs> I've not been incarcerated. I, 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 have, I, I have one question before I get on this. Who gave Benny candy? No, but popcorn. Like, what is popcorn? Oh, I was worried about the sugar got, content for Benny. I got, I got popcorn. Her story was so fucking sakes. good. Someone should I give him some Xanax next time. Oh my God. Actually, that would explain yeah, okay. a lot if, if every time I've spoken to Benny, he's just like had way too much ca candy and that's just how it would. Wow. I'll explain an awful lot. And actually, and when he's actually though, candy candy me, guy, if you gave me candy, candy or if you gave me like else. meth or any of those things, I would just calm down. I would be like, hey man, so, I'd be sorry, like you. Can, I'd be like you all the time. Benny sorry. makes caffeine nervous. <laughs> I did true. Re rephrase that, Benny. Did you just say, give me candy or meth or any of those things? <laughs> like, put it in. <laughs> what, what is any of those things? Well, oh, that, that was tell you? Yes, yes, officer. Big, I just wanted listen, some candy. Let me tell you something, <laughs> tell you something about, about drugs. Once you do drugs, you become habituated to anything. So it doesn't matter if it's a pixie stick up the nose. It doesn't matter if it's a dirty line of cocaine at a club that, with people that you don't know. Once you get to a certain level, it doesn't do anything to you. Oh my God. All right. So we've already talked about drugs. Well, that's why I don't do drugs. <laughs> it, does, it does nothing so. for me. It's useless. It's just a waste of money from other people. All right. Yeah, I paid so. for that shit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So to answer your question, no, I've not been incarcerated <laughs> in, 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 in Russia. I've not been incarcerated at all. I'm a very, very good boy. Um, this, but there's this, nothing too crazy like, like that. We've had moments where, with our singer where 
he, he weirdly enough about that bad little card he, mm -hmm. our singer is the guy who loses everything <laughs> oh, oh yeah um, so yeah. we've had many 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 situations where we're like yeah we're not getting through an immigration because he's lost something that we desperately he's literally lost his passport and his boarding pass <laughs> no no <clears throat> lie it must have been two seconds after he left the desk he lost it <laughs> <laughs> and we were looking for about 10 minutes trying to find his passport and boarding pass. We had no... Oh my God. How... How... It's like going from my living room to my kitchen. <laughs> I mean, how, how did he lose it? And it can't have gotten far. Do you think this is why and he bruised Dionysus? <laughs> Probably. This, is, this happens on a daily basis during Cradle of Filth. To the point where it's like, this is why we have a tour manager. Yeah. I think the rest of us are quite all right and handle <laughs> life well. But our singer, bless him, he just, he needs a babysitter, not a tour manager. Like, so, so aside right, from Give like, me the passport now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll look yeah, after this. I, we totally relate. Aside from like maybe, <laughs> right, so I think Siobhan definitely wins this round of like international disasters, but is, what about just the stage in general? Um, any, any Spinal Tap moments you guys can speak of? Oh my God! Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, Star Set. Is, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you if you know the Star Set show, it's a bunch of of men in spacesuits with backpacks that shoot out cryo. So there are literally Spinal Tap moments on a daily basis. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of like. I mean, there's always. I know that Brock has like fallen off stage in some capacity before. I mean, something crazy like. I thought you were gonna say it, several several times. Can I tell you? I actually. <laughs> it may have been several times, but there's only one that I know about. Can I, can I tell you an actual war story I thought of? Because yeah. it's actually relevant. Because I went to Israel because, as some of you listening to the other podcast, if you haven't listened to the other podcast again, get the fuck on it. Um, you know, uh, I went to Israel, and you know, when you go to Israel, you go to Jordan sometimes, and like we were on the border of Lebanon, and I had my little. It's not um, supposed to be a real war. Ben. Disposable We're talking about tour stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I know, I know. That's why I'm saying that. Like, I, I it's, our drummer's punny, so I figured I'd like I'd take tour war. Whatever. Anyway, um, I had my little disposable camera, right? And I'm taking pictures of, of of the Jordan border. And if you've ever been to like Israel during, you know, like most ever, there's people with M16s and AR15s or whatever the fuck it is on like every corner, everywhere. You're not really sure who's who. Like, there's the Sahal in Israel, and there's like mean people with things around them and they saw me this little american who by the way at the time had long hair and they saw my camera and they basically took it out of my hands like made me get down like they were gonna fucking kill me and then they took my camera and they like just destroyed it with the butt of their gun and then continued to go on Oh yeah, well, it's a super wow. similar thing happened to our uh, videographer when we were, or no, he was with another band at the time, but he was telling us this. I'm always gonna be like, that's, that's not how it happened. <laughs> no, no, but he is a similar thing. He, he has this like drone that he'll take to different cities wow. to do like aerial shots for music videos. And he was also in Russia and Moscow. And somehow, you know, he was walking around getting some aerial footage and somehow his drone got like over the wall of the Kremlin. And I think he just didn't know at the time. Wow. But like he got within minutes, like seized by the police. They were like, how did your drone make it into this this area? And they took him in and they were questioning him. And I mean, yeah, he's like, he's, he's like, was destroyed. If you knew me in 1988, I was the guy that won Bubble Bobble. That's how I got <laughs> into the fucking... That's how you. Uh, that's yeah. how it happens. You can get into trouble real fast with those. There's things, 99 levels. That's video. some skill. Yeah. So, yeah. Richard, like anything crazy on stage you can uh, think of? There's, there's the usual thing, like the misfiring pyro. 
okay. and stuff like that. That's happened a few times oh, where I've been alarmingly. I nearly did a James Hetfield mm. like like. Oh, there's been a few of those where like, who the hell set that off? <laughs> like, yeah. um, did you have a nice polite like, conversation with your pyro guy afterwards? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> weirdly enough, it wasn't a pyro guy. It was like a, a tour manager at the time. It was just like, there's Leaned not enough pyro. He just kind of went, there's not enough pyro. And was we've he, got a lot of pyro in the budget at this festival. And he just kind of went, let's just fire off more. <laughs> and, and that was it. And we didn't know. And I, do, I don't know if you've seen any footage, but I do a crazy like spin on the spot while I'm playing guitar. Yeah. And I was in the middle of one of those when the... 12 foot flames went off and I was very <laughs> close to one let's put it that way and I was like whoa and then somebody just came across and was like don't do that don't do that <laughs> to, to our tour manager we like yeah don't step away from the buttons <laughs> like, oh my gosh so we, we, we've had a few moments like that weirdly enough we've got a, I've got a story that happened in Israel weirdly enough um, and that was the time we had an impromptu drum solo which has never happened in Craig <laughs> uh, because a certain member of a band who will remain remain nameless um, <laughs> shit themselves on stage, and um, that was four songs in. They had to wait until the encore, which was another ten songs later, before oh they God, could I'm get joking. off stage. I'm gonna joke. <laughs> shit. We know. At least we know it's not the drummer. So that it's not the drummer. And it wasn't you. It wasn't me. Um, so basically, that happened in Israel. We got in really, really late, and our rider was basically like, when we get to the venue, obviously we've, we've got the things on our rider. We don't ask for much, but we just need some food. And the food didn't arrive until like half an hour before we were meant to go on stage. Oh no! So we're all like, "Fuck this! We need to eat. We've had nothing to eat all day." Like. We're, and the member just basically, and they got us lots and lots of sushi. Uh, and Israel sushi is really, really nice if you ever get to wow. yes. And so, so he just went for it. He would just went for it. I'm starving. I don't care. And that was it. Four, I think it might have even been two songs in. Um, apparently, I have no idea. And like we go, we walk off, we played like 15 songs or whatever, walk off as part of the encore, like a fake encore thing. Next thing I know, there's like an extra intro tape, then a 10 minute drum solo. I'm going, what, what the hell is going on? And then our tour manager literally said, um, yeah, he's in the shower because he shit himself. And he, he's basically showering down and, and getting his, and then he needs to find his spare costume. Then we're going to finish the show. Oh so my God. For, for, for about 13 songs, he had a shit just lying there. Walking around the stage like nothing happened. I want to Google I um, and performance right now. And what year? Yeah, so what year was this? I want to know. This oh would have been. Paul, a drummer, I'm going to send it right to him and be like, "Tell me when it, it happened." This this would have been 2018. So yeah. So, oh uh, my god, that's hilarious. I, yeah. So we've had funny moments or things where you could call. Yeah, you could call that a funny yeah. moment. Yeah, with, with, yeah, with that's, us, that's it's normally funny moments instead yeah. of like crazy yeah. things. Like, right. Listen, incredibly wrong. And fart you know? jokes are always funny. It doesn't matter. Oh <laughs> like we're not above it. No one's above it. Yeah, yeah. with <laughs> us, a, a lot of the you know mishaps that go on on stage have to do with programming because you know it's like a lot of 
like video production and different stuff that's time coded and all this content. So every once yeah, in a yeah, while, yeah, like, because you're in a real band that like has <laughs> real massive production, you know. Well, I mean, it's I would say it's pretty big considering the size of bands. Pretty we big. Are. Okay, I but, love the fact that you came to the Orpheum or wherever the fuck that's the venue is in Boston, and you're like, oh yeah, this is like a third the size. No, of that was like, that was what the um. Uh, no, it was. Oh, the the Palladium. No, oh, no, no, you're no, talking about the place a... in downtown Boston. Uh, not the Orpheum, the uh, uh, not the Roxy. Uh, oh God, <laughs> it's not the Middle East. It's something else. It's but, on Palm uh, Ave. All right, whatever. The right, fuck. Yeah. Anyway, smaller yeah. venue. Yeah, the smaller venue. Yeah. and you had crazy production. It was like a great white amount of production for this fucking size place. <laughs> and like literally, literally, like my eyes were like I couldn't even see because I was so blinded by these LEDs. And like blinded by the light, literally blinded by the light. Like, and you're like, oh yeah, this wasn't even like our normal setup. And I'm like- Well, but the funny thing is though, speaking of like, I mean, yeah, there's, there, there is a lot of production that goes on, but the thing is like, you know, every once in a while, something will happen with the computer where I don't know, or like, you know, all of a sudden someone's playing the piano and some something that's supposed to be automated fires the wrong way. And then I'll hear in my ears from the sound guy, string ladies, play something in the key of telekinetic. And it, like all of a sudden it's just like the stage is dark and me and the cello player are like, okay, we have to like play an impromptu interlude <laughs> while like the whole audience is sitting there just being like, oh yeah, this is really cool. And meanwhile, we're just like making something up. Yeah, we have like strategies for what we're gonna do, but if you ever hear us just playing like a random solo in the middle of the show, something's going wrong. <laughs> the ACDC solo. Yeah, well that's at least stage. That's like a, a legit interlude, but uh, yeah, it, it happens. You, you make do. Cool. <laughs> Always something. I mean, it's it's fun. Touring is a lot of fun. I mean, you know, upsides and downsides, but it is. I'm. I really miss it. I don't know about you right now, but I'm really missing it right now. So, uh, uh, like, we should be on tour, wheeling off in Russia right now. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it feels weird that I'm just sat at home knowing that we should have been on tour. It's, right. it's a very strange hey, listen, feeling. Can I tell you something, Richard? If you go to Russia, they're going to give you a little hand-drawn card, right? Don't yep. lose it. Don't lose it. Don't yeah. give it to our singer. No, well, like, just, I'll keep hold I'm of just, it. I'm just saying that like, there's, there's no chance you're going to survive if Siobhan had to go through that. Like, I mean, of course she's going to survive. Like, look, look, at, look, look at me. Look at you. Look at Cor- We're not going to live. They're gonna be like you're you're an illegal. They're gonna be like in some like nameless grave. Although I think I could pass, I could pass for Russian if I if I just shave my head. I am Russian. I am I'm I'm Lithuanian, which is close enough. (laughs) When when I go to Russia, people assume I'm Russian because they call me Rasputin. So (laughs) like because I look like Rasputin. So everyone talks to me in Russian. I'm like, sorry, (laughs) come again. <laughs> but that's a compliment. Do you know? Do you know I get even about, more English. Do you even know? Which about, is really weird. Do you know anything about Rasputin? Because I love history, and if someone called me Rasputin, I'd be stoked. Because here's what yeah. I've learned about Rasputin. First off, he was a ladies' man. That guy was known well, for, yeah. for, yeah, yeah. for every chick in the world wanting to bang him. Why? Because here's a little weird fact. His like apparently huge like 10 inch dick is actually in some museum because oh, right. people like it was like of like reverence people were like no he has a huge dick so someone preserved his fucking dick because he fucked everything and then he also like to kill this guy he's like goddamn bruce willis they'd like shoot him stab him poison him fucking like like kill his doppelganger like take out his mom and he still was like i'm going to live so like rescue him 
Like, that's not a bad thing. Like, that's badass. That's like, hey, basically, you look like Vin Diesel, except not so, hey. Okay, okay, so basically, I do have an awful lot in common with Rasputin from Santa. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're you're uh, just yeah. in a museum? <laughs> it, might, in a museum. <laughs> it might as well be. I've got a kid on the way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The only dick I know is, is my dad, but he prefers Richard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What, he, he prefers me? Like, what? No. <laughs> you have to go with my dad. My dad's name is Dick yeah. Goodman. Talk about, no seriously, talk about a porn name. And you want to know what his number was? Not to call him out, but his, his number for years was 757-DICK. Like, could you imagine <laughs> telling your friends, call me at 757-DICK. <laughs> he thought that was funny. He didn't, think, he didn't think for a second there was a double entendre. Maybe he did. Maybe he has a sense of humor that, that I've never been aware of. But like anyone that knows my dad, like he's very dead. He, he would never talk about this. He listens to nothing past the 18th century above the level of two. Like nothing. <laughs> um, the only reason he even likes Lost Symphony at all is because Siobhan like sometimes drowns out like the things that I do and you'll like for a moment think my son's <laughs> like something worthwhile. But like, oh, yeah, God. no, my, uh, my dad goes by Dick Goodman and he like, he, he loves it. That's his name. Like he stands by it and he embodies it. He personifies it. He owns it. <laughs> Love you, Dad. Wow. How did we Love end up my... where we are? <laughs> you know, it's a question I ask myself often. Well, Richard's going to oh, be a yeah. dad soon. So <laughs> you can, you don't have to be a dick. You could be a Richard. <laughs> yeah, see, this is the weird thing in the UK. There's like nobody called Richard would call themselves Dick. It just, uh, it why just would anyone do that? In the UK. Why would anyone do that? That's like Corey calling himself like penis. Why? It, it's it like, it's like no, name. no, I'm saying Richard like no, and Dick. Where you get that? Where you get Dick from Richard? You ask nicely. So fun fact, the, the reason that my mom gave me my name is she's like, oh, I don't want to give her a name that someone's going to shorten like Jennifer to Jen or Jenny or whatever. So she yeah, named yeah, me yeah. Siobhan. All right, quiet course, bond, you know, which is, quiet bond. <laughs> no, but my friends who think that my mom is like so hilarious and ridiculous in her own ways started calling me Sio, like S-I-O, like just to like <laughs> yeah. it, you know, be like, here, we made a nickname. That doesn't work. It's just, that's just as many syllables. It's <laughs> I, I know. It's not actually more efficient, but. Uh, I suppose it's better than shove. Oh, I've like been it. called you know, when, I first, when I first joined Starset, they were calling me Chevron, like the freaking <laughs> gas company. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, thanks. Thanks for taking the extra two seconds it takes to learn how to pronounce my name. I'd probably call you like Han Crollo. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Now there's going to be like 50 nicknames that come up for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Corey, yeah, you can't shorten Corey too much, can you? Yeah, I get, I get Core. Core. Hey, Core. Core. Really? Yeah. yeah, that's like mo like not not a ton, but sometimes that you know. But yeah, it's, it's I, I have the easiest name. It's eight letters. It's symmetrical. It's it's or although the last yeah. name, every, pretty much everything is last. O R Y P A Z A. Okay, I got yeah. You. Although no one says my last name right, but I just learned to. Deal. Well, no. Okay, true story. So yeah, his name is Corey Peza. And for like, I want to say we were in a band for four years, just like Siobhan not telling me she played piano. I was like, hey. <laughs> Paza, want to come over here? Like, Paza, come over and chill. He, 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 ne never once, like, totally dead. Listen, dead. man, for, for like 20 years, I corrected people, and then I just stopped. Well, it's also like our friend, <laughs> and Siobhan's met him, too. We have a friend named Jesse Fugate, and he's, everyone knows him as Fugati, because it's like it's his name on Facebook. Because, but because it's been his name on Facebook for so long, 
Even his real life friends don't know that his name is actually Jesse Fugate. It's Fugati. Well, our our drummer. I actually didn't know our that. Drummer, That's a good to know. Our drummer. Oh, Paul, Paul Lorenzo. Spelled yeah, Lorenzo. Pr- pronounced Lorenzo. We've learned. Yes, yeah, so the one thing we've learned with the little bit of press that we have from Los Angeles, since we have no sponsors, even though I'd like to think that. Sh- since I've been eating smart food for a good amount of this time. How, how about delicious. spiked seltzer, truly? Well, I mean, that I'm hiding by us. putting it in a glass. I need and, more and, whiskey. I'm running and, low. And Quaker <laughs> Chew just kept me alive. Um, but beyond that, um, I, 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 I'd like to think that uh, – what were we talking about? Uh, so you were, on a, you were on a podcast once, and uh, they, the host got almost everyone in the band their name right. wrong, and it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. He just, so he, just painful, he, but, looked, he looked at our like press sheet and was just like – Ah, oh, shit. We really Sayo, Sayo, Sayo I'm Bahan. A DJ. I'm a wedding oh DJ, God. and I always make people write out things phonetically because everyone's yeah. name, it's like, you think their name is Brian. They're like, I'm Brian. <laughs> and you're like, I'm non-binary. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm oh sorry, Brian. Like, I don't mean to fuck with you, but like my brother's name is Brian, spelled the same fucking way. Like everyone in the goddamn universe since, I don't know, seven months ago, so I apologize that it's Brian. So write it out fucking phonetically, you know? So you've, I understand. You've gone really of, red, Benny. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> he's working, he's exercising happening. his neck vein. You gotta work it out yeah. every day. Here, here, here's what it yeah. is, is, is that I didn't realize with Kelly, because I also called Kelly by the wrong name. It's Kelly Karaluk, okay? I thought it was Kara Luke. And I, you know what, I might have it even backwards. I, I literally could have it, you might be like, oh, it's you Kara Luke. It's not Carol. I can't do a Canadian accent. He's probably already quit the band. He's like, I'm fucking out <laughs> of here. Canadian accent? A. There's only like two things you have to change. A. Oh my god. Well, I mean, I I love hockey, right? They like they like that there and poutine. Like, listen, I'll just go on record saying poutine's fucking genius because if we if we bonded on anything, as other listeners, if you've seen Richard on our show before, um, I actually saw Richard witness Cradle of Filth. Um, at his first real uh, festival gig at the Amnesia Festival in Canada, which I will say that those Canadians know to fucking rock. They put the best shows together that aren't overstuffed and over fucking corporate like Bonnaroo and Lollapalooza and all that stupid fucking shit. Um, And I'll just tell you, man, it was fucking insane. And like going up to Canada and seeing those people actually learning how to rock and, and, and how much they appreciate music was just so wonderful and the fact that that we have that in common richard because i just remember like going to so many corporate festivals for so long and like paying 73 dollars for this little thing of water until someone died at like woodstock and then they're like okay we have to give a a, a thing so we don't get sued (laughs) and you still have to wait like 74 fucking hours for a bathroom and skrillex is on at the same time as the killers so you're like well there goes my friends because we're divisive. You know what I mean? Like one of our friends wants to listen to EDM and like, so you came to Chicago for no fucking reason. Whereas they're smart in Canada. They have like Cradle Filth and, you know, uh, all, all the other filthy bands on the same fucking stage <laughs> that are like ah, and angry and lose things. And then you have another stage with Henry Rollins ranting, another stage with like Cannibal Corpse talking about things bleeding. And then but there's always space in between and there's people in between and they give you weed as you walk by and everyone's concerned for you. And yeah, there's people doing meth in the corner somewhere and nobody's in shape. And they have- Are you sure it wasn't candy? No, well, the thing is, and this is what I was getting at in the first place. This is a long-winded poutine thing. Yeah, so the thing is, it's about poutine. Like, I love fries, but, like, in the United States, it's not okay to, like, dip them in mayonnaise, which I openly do, which I think, I mean, listen, 
anybody who's on the Food Network knows that fat on fat is always good, and anyone that argues otherwise is just wrong. It's umami in every single way, other than it doesn't have soy and it's not umami. All right, well, before we get carried away into no. another universe, let's I, I totally agree with you. But I, this was actually something I wanted to talk about that was cool, was talking about festivals, because I, I heard also in an interview you played Download, I think a couple times, right? Yeah, yeah. smart. European yeah. festivals. And speaking of, I, I don't know that we've done Canadian festivals, but I have to say, like, a lot of the festivals, like Download, I had such a memorable experience in, uh, like, Rock'em Park and Rock'em Ring. Do you, Richard, yeah. do you have any that were, like, of European festivals that say that were particularly, like, memorable or... Special. The, the first one that comes to mind is is Download. We played it two years ago, and uh, uh, I live 20 minutes away from Download. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Download, I've been to every single Download, apart from one, which was the one last year, because I was in tour in Russia. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been to every single one. Like I was that kid going like, right, I want to be on that stage one day. And then two years ago, it actually happened. And I was like, this is really quite an emotional thing and nobody can it is god guitarist (laughs) by the hand turn him around and miracle of miracles (laughs) i thought it was a deeper song god damn it ben let him talk (laughs) we we started off i think before we went live we started off richard we, we apologized for ben it's all right. What, what, what's in that water bottle as well? Like, no one, no one knows. What's in a water bottle? <laughs> no, it's Evian. That was the biggest one Poland for me. Poland Springs never sends us money. Evian. I'm not a fan of Evian because it's naive backwards. <laughs> That's just tap water. That's tap water you're drinking that you've Reverse paid a lot of money for. Yeah, it's naive. <laughs> Right, but anyway, um, yeah, so Download was the big one because, uh, I, weird enough, in 2013, with my old band, we opened the third stage. And uh-huh. I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to have anything like this before. Yeah. I was like 4,000 people in this tent. And then, like, fast forward five years, and I was on the main stage in front of 100,000 people. Oh and my that God. was like a moment where I was like, it was very hard. I'll be honest with you, not to sound too weird about it, but it was very hard not to cry at that show. It, that was one of those shows where it was like everything has built to this moment every mm. decision I ever took in my life and musical career led me to where I wanted to be when I was like 20 wow. years old and That's it was amazing, such man. a that was a weird weird moment I me. totally know that, that level of humility is amazing I mean no, I think that's is, so important to appreciate those moments learn from him Go and oh, take yeah. lessons from this man because you just heard it. Like literally you just heard that. Like that, what an elevator story. Not even just a pitch because it's a true story of a guy that like, you don't even know why you're learning how, like Siobhan told the story of how she went to school and learned nothing that was useful for her. And that you went to school. <laughs> I mean, you, and you a little bit. That you, immediately got, that you immediately got out of school and you're like, oh, this makes sense. And then you end up in the coolest band playing the coolest show right and down we, the street from you. Spoke, I'm, spoke. I'm, not in, I'm not in Star Set. That's the coolest band. Now we we, we spoken the last time we talked. The last time we talked, we talked about how you basically got that gig because you were ready. You were always ready. You you were looking for opportunities and you were prepared. And and that kind of goes to show you that that that's a good kind of climax of of where we started that conversation in the last show is just the fact that you were available for an opportunity led you to another place, to another place, to another place that led to that point yeah. in your life where you were like, oh shit, it worked. <laughs> yeah, it, that was a proper, one of those moments where it was like, I really, really thought 
when we got off stage, it was like, right, this is now the time to stop and smell the roses. Because if I mm. don't soak this in, this could never, this may never happen again. Yeah. And I'll probably never play to an audience that size ever again in my life. Don't get me wrong, we played to some big crowds at these big festivals and stuff, but it was not really anything as big as, as Downward, yeah. really. It, it's, yeah. like, so it's, um, so it was definitely one of those, I've got to soak this in because this may never happen again. And I almost treat every gig like that as, corny as it sounds well you said because you, you like never know when it's going to happen again no i think that's yeah. great yeah. i mean you, you get you so much more meaning out of every show yeah, yeah. Of course. it could always be the last I yeah think exactly absolutely. especially with the coronavirus and everything that yeah. kind of put a stop to everything like you never know like, when you're yeah. 2020 you can be when, like yeah. mid mid fucking drum solo and all of a sudden <laughs> you explode like spinal tap exactly Fuck you that. know yeah but I just want to uh, say, he no, 2020 himself. Yeah, you know? from the bottom of my heart, <laughs> I just want to say that it is very inspirational. Um, you know, Richard, to, to hear because if anyone follows Richard on Instagram or Facebook, you're very inspirational. Um, you're constantly practicing. You're constantly humble, which is a really wonderful thing because there's a Don't, lot of yeah, really great incredible. players out there um, that are awesome. But you are equally awesome in your own way. It's not about a competition, but like you don't come off like when you meet you and when you talk to you, you don't come off as one of those guys where it's like, oh yeah, well don't look him directly in the eyes and make sure you have the, the green M&Ms mm -hmm. and you had to clog him with the shoe. You haven't seen his rider yet, so don't say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't see the backstage here, but so I just want to say that if anyone's listening, that one thing we've been talking about as far as in the spirit of positivity with you know, 2020, um, with, you know, having to be home and a lot of people in the United States being unemployed and having to, all that is to take the time and learn, get people like Siobhan and, and especially like Richard to teach you these things or even just go online and, and, and learn anything and, and, and take this time and be productive. Because like you said, Richard, um, you know, uh, on our previous cast that three years, the reason you took so much time at school is because people kept, you listened to them when they said, you're never going to have the time in your life to do this again. And actually yeah. for some people you do so true. right now, yeah. right now, like the world has stopped. Yeah. This like, is the time now. This is the yeah. time. Yeah. There's a that lot of it. people who always find reasons to not do something. And I, I'm a big believer in as, as hippie trippy as it sounds, I'm just a big believer in if you work your ass off and just think positively and you think, right, well, if, uh, if I'm not doing something every day, that goes towards my goal, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna do whatever it is I wanna do. And it doesn't have to be a music career thing, it's just whatever you want to do in life. And it kind of happened for me. Well, it did happen for me. And it's, it's one of those weird moments where you go, it did pay off. I'm one of the very lucky ones. And, it, and I never lose sight of that. And weirdly enough, I always think of something that happened to me in Grass Pop uh, in Belgium. Oh, I believe was, played there like two summers ago, I think. Was, was very yeah, we, we were there Thinking last about you, summer. Siobhan. No, yeah. not about and, me. I was just saying. I, I remember <laughs> it was a good experience. It was very cool. No, no, the European festivals are just so good, so good. Yeah. And it's like one of those things, it's like, right, okay, I've finished my set. Now I'm going to go watch my favorite bands. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go be a fan again. And the, the one thing that always... So I'm going to do an ultimate name drop here, but I was watching Corn side of stage. So one of my favorite bands, I'm watching side of stage, having just played our set like half an hour before. I just come off and like get the shit off my face, get back into my civilian clothes, and <laughs> like get. I luckily enough had side stage access for the main stage and got to watch Corn. Next thing I know, the guys from Slipknot come in. 
And there, and I'm, and I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. This is, this is like one of my all-time favorite bands. I've got to say something. And then I just introduced myself, like all the guys from Slipknot, and they're like watching Corn side the stage. And then I remember, this is what I always remember. And we were just chatting away, going, oh my god, they're just nice, normal guys. They're really, really mm-hmm. cool. And then next thing I know, Rob Halford from Judas Priest walks past, <laughs> and Corey Taylor loses his shit. And he's like that, wow. honestly, Corey Taylor's like, every, everyone in Slipknot is like, go on, go talk to him, go talk to him. Corey Taylor's like, I can't. Wow. <laughs> he, was, he was fanboying like fuck. And, moments and like that are so amazing. And, yeah. and, and it, was, it was one of those moments where I went, we're all the same. Yeah. We are all just incredibly passionate about music mm-hmm. and work well, really nice hard he got to achieve our dream. Rob Halford, because I'll tell you, um, I, I stayed outside of a hotel uh, with Roy Z, his old guitar player, on, on Rob Halford's yeah. birthday. And um, they said that I should sing happy birthday to him because he, he likes, I was young, and he thought they thought it would be funny. And he never wow. came out. So I waited with Roy Z, his guitar <laughs> player, um, to see um, if, he, if he'd come out. And he, did, he didn't come out. And I was very upset because I love Rob Halford. So I'd be like <laughs> Corey Taylor. But except I have no fear. I will go right up to those motherfuckers. I actually, with... with um, not, it was a Jay Weinberg. Uh, my buddy Alex was backstage with us at Slipknot, and he was so nervous. He's like, don't talk to anybody. Don't be weird. Don't be. I'm like, so I walked right up to Jay Weinberg because I don't give a fuck. I was like, hey, Jay. Uh, you my definitely friend do be, not. You definitely he do will, not. He will be really upset <laughs> you if you don't take a picture. You are out of fucks. And I basically, yeah, I had no <laughs> him. So I basically grabbed him by his head. I'm sure he fucking hated me. Brought him right over, took a picture with him, and I was like, and then I had... Um, I've been to Nam uh, with you. Alex. I know how this works. Yeah, and Alex did the same thing. <laughs> and he was like, oh my God, that was amazing. I'm like, yeah, dude, because like, you just have to go and talk to him. You do. And, and so, Richard, we talked previously, and uh, you said like, when you started out, you just wanted to find a way to make money playing music, playing guitar. And yeah. I think that's why when you hit the Download Festival, you were able to say, oh shit, like, all right, this is, I'm going to take this in. Because I think, yep. say, and, and I think where you are is amazing and I'm, I'm super happy for you, but had you not made it to that level, but maybe you played that other show in front of 3,000 people, I bet you had the same outlook. You're like, oh shit, I'm doing this for a living. I so I think that's a, a really important mindset to have. I, I, I work in the studio with a lot of young musicians, like Ben and I both, uh, like really young musicians, and they all say the same thing. Yeah, no, I'm just going to write a hit song and, and, sell, and like, get signed and have like a million people on Facebook, like, and the, the amount Wrong of, dis- the, amount, the amount of disappointment they're setting themselves up yeah. for is crazy. Um, I, I, even personally, just the fact that I, so I worked a nine to five job for 10 years and I don't anymore. And so like the fact yeah. that I do this for a living, even at the level I'm doing it is rewarding is, in and of itself. Do you say thank you to the people at the grocery store when they bag your groceries? Like, I do. do you thank you to like, have a I nice do. day to them yeah. like, automatically because you're just so used to saying thank you to everybody. Well, yeah. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I think having the outlook of like, no, no, I'm happy with what I'm doing regardless of what it is. And, and the fact that you can maintain that mentality, whether you're playing in front of 3000 people, 30 people, like me and Ben, 10 people, or 100,000 people. <laughs> do our moms count? They, they do. Oh yeah, I, I count them. I, moms I, are people I, too. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think you have to love it and you have to be authentic all the time, you know, and it's, it has to be enough for you to just do it because you, you love it and you care about it. You know, I, I feel like it's so easy to get wrapped up in what you want Nike, the long term to be. give us some be. money. Nike, just do it. Just, <laughs> just do it do like it. Siobhan. 
Just do it like Siobhan. No, it's not true, but but, but before I... To, to go back to like funny, you know, like funny, like random <coughs> festival tour stories. So when we played, it wasn't download, but it was, I think, Rock'em Ring. It was one of the German festivals, but we had played. And then we went over to like the bigger stage. We had played like one of the smaller stages, I think. And we went over to see Bring Me to the Horizon. And we just went out to into like general population, whatever, like kind of near the front. But there was some like super drunk German guy that <laughs> came up and he was like, hey, like what, you're American. Like, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, well we just played on the other stage. He's like, no, you didn't. Like, no, you didn't play. <laughs> he was like, well, what stage was it? I was like, I honestly don't even know what stage it was. Like, we don't even care what stage it was. We're just thrilled to be here. We were like, yeah. this is so yeah. fun. And you know, it's, it, it's funny when you have those <clears throat> moments with other artists, you know, where it's like, you do realize they're just people and like, everybody just wants to do what they love and do a great job. And it's, it's really Sorry. not about you like, call a drunk how many guy an artist. No, but I'm just saying, like, I I appreciated that, like, he just didn't even, he just thought that I was, like, another person no, or, like, people in my band. Yeah, exactly, because I, I, I think that's that's how it should be, you know, in a lot of ways. Just, like, we're all human, and we're all just doing what we want to do, and that's cool. Exactly, exactly. Weird enough, speaking of touring and playing live, when all this stuff is over, this is one of my questions I wanted to ask. What are the chances of a Lost Symphony tour? Man, I hope so. <laughs> that would be awesome. I don't know, Ben, maybe uh, you guys might know more about <clears throat> Well, so here's the thing is, I feel like we got something good going on, guys. I think that we, got, we got the band here um, as far as the 2020. So like, let's talk about it. The music industry sucks and it's so hard. And I don't mean that like there aren't good bands and I don't mean that there aren't musicians out there that are super talented and artists that are really meaningful. But when I say the music industry sucks, I mean that it's so hard to make money and to like fulfill yourself. Like if Motley Crue can make millions of dollars, why can't Siobhan be a billionaire? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. And, and the thing is, is as all the stuff that people see, like all the guitars and all that sort of stuff, it's because I've always worked in retail and because I've always been a DJ and I've always had another job and it's been very recent that I'm like, I am my own proprietor of my own business. I have my own thing. So as far as, uh, you know, Lost Symphony touring, it really comes down to, do people love this enough? Like, cause we love it. We, the team that we have, we have a dream team. And I'm not saying that like, just to say it because our benefactor, the guy that has put money into this, because the only reason we would be able to have shirts of this quality and all that is because you can't do it anymore without either a label or someone to put up money. And even labels don't put up money anymore because you're competing against the Dave Matthews of the world that like is guaranteed money. And even then they tour and they know that they'll make it back even if the record tanks, you know? Um, so the thing that really sucks is that it's very hard for people who are, who are as talented as you guys are to go to university and to make it. So first off, hearing someone like you, um, Richard, being able to be in a band that influences people to be able to be the fan in the audience and then be the guy on stage just before the other band is a wonderful story that it really can happen. Uh, but with Lost Symphony, um, I believe it can happen. We, we know what we want to do. We want to have a visual show a la Pink Floyd. We want to have it be much more of an experience. Um, not to rip off star set, but to rip off star set, um, you go and see them live. You don't know if it's an EDM show disguised as a rock show disguised. It's very as a multimedia. Show. Yeah. And then, like the thing is you don't know if their haircuts have anything to do with their sound having, like, and I don't understand this. <laughs> the guys backstage, they're all stunningly chiseled and Adonis looking, but then they wear space helmets on stage. It's like, why would you even block their faces? If you had like the backstreet boys, 
Like you don't put the new kids on the block with, with the V for vendetta going on. So, but the thing is, but, but Dustin is smart enough to know that first off, only be the only good looking one on stage. You're not competing with anyone. But secondly, to have visuals <laughs> that distract you from everything. Um, you know, just like your accent, like would distract me from knowing that we're about to go into a fucking mountain and I'm going to die. You know what I mean? Cause it doesn't matter. And that's kind of how I want Wasipani to tour life. I want to have, um, you know, uh, Siobhan do her thing, have a band, be able to invite out yeah. all the people that are willing to come be a part of it. But only, only if people want to see it. If they believe in this, because that's the only way that this would ever be worth it. Because like you guys know, this is a very fruitless business. Yeah, but uh, we do it because we love writing it. Absolutely. And selfishly, so Richard, like you have a good idea of this, but everyone, anyone's listening, this band is literally, even right now, multinational. Like we're, we're international. This band has never been in the same room. Uh, our our main guitarist is in a different country than us. You know, we, Siobhan is in a separate a part of the world. <laughs> yes. So Ollie, we love you. It would be, yes. Know. Yeah, exactly. And, and although we'll never get to play with Ollie in, like that, imagine having this band be in some sort of actual singular location. It would be a blast. It would be amazing to play these songs uh, and not, Experience and have them. you play them with us because you're good enough. Yeah. You can yeah. Are you, can we hire? Up. Can we hire you, man? To write it, to write it all out you're for us. You're good enough. Oh my god. No, no, because I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not, listen, I am not good enough. What I'm trying to say is that there's almost nobody that's good enough because, like, that's what I love about you guys is because I, the greatest, I'm like the Kaiser Sose of Lost Symphony because somehow I'm the main <laughs> character with the least amount of talent. I, I, I walk with a limp. I, I, you know what I mean? Like everything I say is a lie. And yet, for somehow, I'm the main character, and I get paid the most. You make a mean phone call, Ben. That's really oh what matters. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Richard's here? Richard is fucking here. Did I not deliver Richard Shaw of Cradle Filth, the illustrious teacher, the, the, the diplomat, the, 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 the philosopher, the uh, studio musician, yeah. the, uh, the thespian, the historian, the future father, slash leader of the free world, <laughs> Richard Shaw is here because of me. So if you guys yes. ever wonder oh why I 2020 all you motherfuckers, I did it to him because he's here. So something I'm doing is right because it, who it else would Richard is. Shaw come to see if it wasn't for you guys? Right. Fair Technically enough. it was Drew. <laughs> Uh, you've been 2020, Ben. Yeah, you just got 2020, 2020, bro. Thank you, Drew. Richard, Richard, you brought Love it up. Love you. Richard, you brought it up, and I'm, I'm curious to hear your perspective. How would you see a band in a project like this on tour? Like, what would it take for you to be like, oh, shit, I got to go see this band, you know, and, and, and not how, – how do wow. we not be – a good question. A, a few dudes on stage, you know, in front of a backing yeah. track, you know, shredding notes – it, yeah, it's, it's got to obviously be the live band and obviously it's almost like in the same way you'd see like G3 or Generation X or something it's like the talent that are going to bring the people in so even if it's like a one-off show or You're something you know, need to make it kind of happen <laughs> I, I'm saying we need Nuno just so I can meet Nuno I will fly over and I will put up my own expenses to fly over and be part of the gig where if you can make it happen when I'm playing with Nuno you gotta he, clip this and make it as from, part of the pitch. He's from, yeah. well, he's from yeah. Hudson, Massachusetts. As I, I know this because I accidentally wrote to him Wicked Stone and said Hanson, Massachusetts, and he's like, I'm not fucking from Hanson. I'm from Hudson. And like, and he's right because he's from Hudson. 
I believe him. Crazy. <laughs> he's technically from that. he's technically from the Azores. But um, we actually bonded immediately because you know we were talking about guitar players and we both were just like, you know, okay, at three uh, on three, say your favorite guitar player. Three, two, one. No. Yeah. Like, we're like, are we best friends? Yeah. You know what I mean? and, and, and then I go onto his Instagram and you can actually see him covering Nuno solo. And um, it's fucking incredible. Wait, what? I missed that? Which solo? You see it? I'll let Richard well, take it. Well, well, what I did, I, yeah, I, um, I did a cover of Warheads. Oh, shit. Uh, the solo of Warheads. And then next thing I know, Nuno has commented on it. He's liked it and commented on it. And the comment was, Shit, you play that first bit better than I do. I'm going to play it like how you do from now on. Wow, it that's made, amazing. It made more sense to, and I was like, that's okay, awesome. who's fucking with? I was like, <laughs> you're like, you're like you know what? I'm Forget like, about I'm that 100,000 people. Like, this is better. That's so yeah, fucking that weird. Was, that was moment. Wait, when he wrote to me, he was like, this couldn't be any fucking worse. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Does he know that you're on this project? Because I feel like you're so amazing. <laughs> But he was like, you know, so funny. He, 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 you know what he said to me, and I agree with him so much, but he thought I didn't agree with him. He go, he go, we were talking on the phone recently. Nuno and I, like, we fight it out all the time because it, we clearly, like, you know, I'm like 5'8", he's like 5'7". It's seven, amazing like, these people keep coming yeah. back. The well, way but listen, the I, love, I love Nuno so much, and he's like, Benny, I want you to know something about me. I don't like perfection. I like perfectly imperfect. And, like, you know, and it's going oh on about, God. like, Jimmy Page and all that. Like, like Nuno, have you heard me play? There's no perfect. Perfection is not within the ten thousandth word I would use with anything. So like, I don't know if I took that as a compliment. Like he somehow thought that this project was perf like I had perfect guitar players or something like that. But I'm like Nuno, I want you to be you. Like that's that's what all I've ever wanted you to be. And he's like Benny, but that's how I am. And I just want you to know that like Nuno um, is my fucking hero. But like I think that. Um, we butted heads because he, I think he's expected me to want him to be perfect when all I wanted was Nuno and he's the best. The classic artist. So yeah. much. And he's, yeah. and he's so good and he's amazing. But the only thing that's stupid is that he has his fucking beautiful house in the fucking hills and his, his, his fucking, his room that he does all his guitar stuff. You can see over the hills and you want to know why? Why you get good is because you lock yourself in the basement. You don't look <laughs> over the hills and get sun while you're learning. You know, fucking Vivaldi. You you strap yourself and you hurt yourself and it's pain. All right, take a good. deep breath, Ben. Yeah. We all get out of life again. for a while. Like, living the life. He's living. He's living the life. And I want to tell you, the only reason I get angry is because I am so jealous. Because he's still like he's like seventy four years old and he looks beautiful. <laughs> He looks beautiful. He's like he makes Sammy Hagar look like he's aged terribly. It's like what what tequila are you drinking, Nuno? Like you're I don't know how you look that he looks better than he did in 1981. But this brings up an interesting point because that's kind of the How's outlier in my opinion. I don't know, but 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 this is one thing that I think is a big misperception between like let's say the non-music public and like the the community of musicians is people think like oh you've got this one big gig like some people might think oh you play with Star Set so you're just like rolling in it and you that's you just like chill when you're home and like no there you have to really hustle all the time like yeah. a lot of that even if it pays like well let's say you, you know that's not enough sometimes to like maintain the life, especially there's, the expenses. There's no a 401k in a band. Right. No, it's, it's like, it's like, you've got to, yeah, there, there's a lot. BRSs, Richard's got me on this one. Amen, sir. Right. The pre-factory ones. We bond oh, over yeah. our PRS love because he's endorsed by PRS. And by the way, Brock, 
it part the, the lesser half of Shabrock, who's Shabron's uh, <laughs> uh, lesser half, but also Dreamy, is supposed to be helping me get uh, a, a PRS endorsement. And I want to let you know that every single episode I've had dueling image prefactory PRSs. So <laughs> Subliminal. If Paul Reed Smith. Is that all I have to do? I have two. I have a Les Paul and an SG. Can I have a Gibson endorsement? Is that all I need to do? And I know Richard <laughs> Shaw. I know Richard Shaw. He's a friend of mine. I know Brock Richards. And I, I PRS, I, I love you guys. Just please just. There, there's a PRS back there. We've got a couple hanging on the that, wall. Yeah, I'm sure you got Those are baritones, I, did, I spotted though. them, yeah. Yeah, yeah I still free. don't own a baritone, actually. I need to sort that out. I need uh, a baritone. It's, it's pretty neat. I mean, and giggles. I wasn't even really familiar with baritone guitar until I joined Stars. I was like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Like, got It's got some cojones, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Step on the bass player's cojones. That's what it's got. <laughs> that's why I have a five-string bass. I can go lower. Ah, nice. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, I have another question for you while we talk about guitarists. Um, we've lost Symphony. How on earth do you choose which musicians are going to play on what song? Whoever replies to the Ooh. email. Uh. Ben? Oh, really? Is, 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 that, is that what it comes down to? Listen. This is listen, uh, Well, so it first started off with Ollie, because like, all, Ollie came down. Like, I want to say, honestly, I did not know anything about Ollie Herbert from All That Remains, because I knew Jason, and so did, did, did Corey, from Diecast, um, which is one of the fathers of a whole movement of music that you guys should go listen to. Like Diecast was a fucking awesome, awesome hardcore band um, from Boston or well, I mean, I think Western Massachusetts or whatever. Uh, but I, all it came down and I didn't know him from a hole in the wall, but it's when my friends started coming down and going, holy shit, dude, like this guy's fucking amazing. And then we, we'd already um, 2020 Kelly, Kelly, who's in the band and Conrad Simon, who's not in the band, but like pretty much helped us from the very beginning into like making these amazing songs. And they gave us immediate credibility. So when Ollie was like, well, let me send it to Bumblefoot. Um, Bumblefoot was the first guy that actually wrote back and he just wrote, this music is beautiful. And I'm not saying that to like pat me on the back. I cried, dude. I was in California. It was like my birthday, like five, six years ago. And literally I got a message like maybe like a day before, um, you know, they were on like ship rocked or something like that. And Bubblefoot was like, this music is beautiful. Cause Ollie made them listen to it or something. And I just remember thinking to myself, he was the craziest guitar player I'd ever seen. Like he's so good. He's so amazing. He's musical. He doesn't, he's like Siobhan. He doesn't even need frets to play guitar. He doesn't even have to make, I don't really have a choice fret, to be honest. In the fret world. <laughs> um, and for him to say that our music was beautiful, um, was first off a huge uh, vindication and validation um, to keep going. Um, but it also showed us that Ollie and, you know, Kelly and Jason and Conrad, just because those guys helped us with the archetype songs for this band, we were able to then continue to dupe other smart people who were really talented because of like just two songs that they would fall in love in love with to continue to be in our band and it just kept snowballing and then when Siobhan came on board and started putting like you know violins and all that she made us credible on so many different planes because like I mean look the best guitar player in the world still isn't as good as like you know the the the, the most mediocre Siobhan oh my god no you give me way too much credit I've learned so much from guitar players like it's amazing like the level of clarity what not to do no 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 no. but I'm serious like, when to because, stop no 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 but, but, but this, don't this get is so feely no, because violinists really learn, like most of what we do is like playing live performances. Nothing is ever really recorded. Like it's the select few that end up on, let's say a classical label. So we don't ever really, we play and we practice, but guitar 
players record themselves and they do albums and it's, it's like a whole different type of thing. And so the level of like articulation and clarity and like, like clean playing that guitar players can achieve, I think is way beyond what a lot of violinists can do yeah. because and they're just not used to working that way. 100%. And I think so the general gist of like how all these players came on board is just through like this weird lie we built that we have this credibility <laughs> and Ben, per perfectly, ben, ben oh perfectly executed this whole plan to the point where everyone's like, Oh yeah, no. Oh, that guy's on it. Okay. I'll do it. Oh, that guy's on it. Okay. It's like a Ponzi scheme. And then, and then of course, like the, the most terrible thing happens is that we actually, we lost Ollie. And yeah. Ollie said before he passed that this was one of the things like, because you know, you're in a metal band, you understand this, Richard, you get it. Like you're yeah. always wondering, is it melodic? Is it heavy enough? Are people going to like me? Like it, being a good musician is always about self doubt and pushing yourself further. Yeah. And Ollie was like, I mean, too much, too much down on himself. Like he would be like, he'd come up with these genius things. He'd be like, Oh, that sucks. Erase that. And I'd be like, dude, there's a lot of magic. And what you just did, like maybe there's a bad note or two, but give yourself some more credit. But um, you know, Ollie really gave us credibility. And when he left this world, um, he gave us a credibility that like it only happens when that happens. And it, it's like, now I would trade everything. I would trade everything for it to go back. But it's like, I know that he's up there in Valhalla with Randy and with Dime and doing all that sort of stuff. And now where it's gone from like this indulgent Benny Goodman project with my brother and with Corey and Siobhan. I feel a, a legitimately a duty to my friend Ollie because if you listen to chapter one, lost70.com. If you listen <laughs> to chapter one, listen to Ollie. That's all he wanted you to do was listen to the music. And, and I remember one of the first things he had said, which was to be on Requ <laughs> song Requiem. Man, you guys are ahead of me. He, he said to me, Benny, something similar to what you said, Richard, which was 64 measures. Are you kidding me? I've never had to compose something in 64 measures that's interesting. And like to watch him just get out of that, you know, not the box of being in a metal band, but just he's a composer and no one's ever challenged him to go, go 64. Like, you know, hey man, go 30 miles on your bike today instead of 10. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he was like, let's go 64 measures. And I'll just tell you, it was such a pleasure watching that guy just be a genius and now that he's not here i know because Corey was there Corey was there siobhan was there like we were all there like he said he wanted this out there he wanted people to know because we used to joke around like no one's gonna make fun of you now because like there were some things that maybe he did in his in his in his career that like you know weren't necessarily the best decisions and i love to be in that situation to be able to make mistakes that make me millions of dollars <laughs> um you know what i mean like heaven forbid you have a hit that you just don't like that much um, you know, but that said, like, he always said, I want this to get out there and I want people to hear this and I want people to know, um, that this music is here. And because he's not here anymore, it's taken on a much deeper thing for me in the sense that like, now I have to get these people. Now I have to do it for Ollie because where we joked about, you know, Marty Friedman playing with us and, you know, Nudo Betancourt. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking to those guys. Now they're gracing us with their presence and it's not a crazy thing. And they're doing it in the name of Ollie. And I can't tell you how much it means to me um, when, when we were able to put Marty Friedman, one of Ollie's favorite guitar players on a song like Requiem after Ollie left us and have Marty kind of remix it and do his own thing to it. And then 
serve it back to us Friedman. You know, like instead of 2020 Friedman, which just means it's better and awesome and great yeah. in every single freaking way because he's awesome. He's a modern Mozart. And to tell you, I'll tell you right now, wherever he is, when he listens to that song, he listens to that solo, which was the first solo we did. I know he's smiling. And absolutely. that was step one. And hopefully the rest of the world will figure it out. And absolutely. And guys, that brings us to the end. Wow. Of, our, of our show. Hours, that, was a, that was a nice way to end it. Yeah. yeah. Rich, Richard, way to end it. Richard, thank you for being here again. Like it's been an absolute pleasure. To, so I don't know fine. how we got 2020 doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever want me again, I'll happily do it. You know, I've really, really, really enjoyed it. Really. If they all it. just said that. If we get at least ten listeners on these episodes, we'll definitely keep doing it. So we'll- if anybody was curious <laughs> from the other episode why I had brought this fan out there was because it was so refreshing to hear someone like Richard speak so <laughs> humbly and so nicely and to, to be such a caring teacher in a world of such vapidness. Be oh Richard Shaw. And why don't we remind everyone, Richard, where can everyone find you? Where can they find you, Richard? Where can they be reflected? They can, yeah, can find out. me on, on Instagram and Facebook at Richard Shaw Guitarist if you want to just message me for lessons or guest performances or anything like that. I'm whoring myself out there. Yeah, so. well, we highly, rec- highly recommend it from our end as, as producers, man. You, you, we gave you something. We threw you like the biggest curveball possible Listen, and you knocked it out of the park. If you have Thank any you. question as to the talent of Richard Shaw, go listen to the song Premeditated Destruction at lostsymphony.com and listen to the 13-8 section. It'll be the section that makes you feel physically jarred. It's weird. Because everyone knows about the 13-8 <laughs> Yeah, well, the one that sounds like Tool because that they're like, <laughs> right. or yeah. sugar or something, that part. And yeah. listen to the absolute insane, ridiculous fretwork that sounds fake because it's so out of control. But it's not. It's a real person. It's Richard Shaw. And with that, you've been 2020 because you'll never be that good. <laughs>